principles or secrets is called Don't Forget Your Beach Ball. And that's all about how at times we're looking at things, maybe, you know, our parents looking at things one way, we're looking at them another way. But we don't always appreciate it, although we're looking at the same thing, we see things differently. So for both adults and children, I'm trying to say, understand other people's world a bit more. Don't think your perspective is the only perspective there is but move on and see where other people are coming from. And when you do that, well, guess what? You might just see things a lot more clearly. There we go. Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. We are back with episode 98 today. If you've never joined uh, an Always Better Than Yesterday interview session, this is just simply my opportunity to interview inspiring, successful people about their heart, and then mind you might recognize my guest mr paul mcgee from episode 32 paul joined us 18 months ago and i'd just like to welcome you back to episode 98 paul how are you my friend right it's great to be back with you and i think it's fair to say um life is rather busy at the moment but it's in, in an exciting way and i suppose in the midst of all the challenges and changes we're facing um i guess you would say i'm doing all right and hopefully a few people around me are doing okay as well that's amazing. How have the last 18 months been for you? The last 18 months, well, you know, I, I, can I confess something? When we did that Sunday evening interview 18 months ago, <laughs> and we had loads of technical problems, and I was in the most ridiculous schedule going, where I did 52, the same talk, 52 times for one client. Super, super busy. Um, and, and it's kind of in many ways been a bit like that since, but obviously launching a, a new book uh, literally last week has mm. been ex incredibly exciting. Do I miss my travel at times? Absolutely. Um, but I'm also enjoying spending a bit more time with my wife and my cats. Whether my cats and my wife are that happy to see me, you'll have to ask them. That's amazing. And um, your cat's paw prints are in the back of this wonderful book that I've just been <laughs> flicking through this morning. And I'll bring it into the screen now. So we are talking about your new book, Yes, The Sumo Secrets to Being a Positive, Confident Teenager. And um, I remember messaging you probably about a year ago. I was like, Paul, you need to write a book for kids. Like, I just, I remember Sumo and I was like, this next generation are going to need something to help them in their hearts and their minds some way. So I, like, I am dead chuffed to have this in my hand. Not just one, but I have ten. I have 10 copies and if you're if you're watching right now and you are a parent or a teenager yourself or a loved one a care for a teenager and you want to win yourself one of these copies just share this stream comment below saying that you've shared it and I will contact you if you're a winner by Friday so I've got 10 copies of Paul's amazing book which we're going to talk about now uh, but share the stream comment shared below um, but Paul tell me why obviously I I I was desperate for you to write this book because I really believe in your work, but why did you write the book? Interesting. I suppose if we go back to 2004, I'm at a kitchen table, literally handwriting pen and paper and a sumo book. And the book came out in 05, but right at the back of the sumo book, I actually said, I want to try and bring sumo to young people. If anyone could get in touch, please help us do that. And we set up subsequently the sumo for schools foundation. But if I'm honest, you weren't the only person who was saying, you must write a book, you must write a book. Part of me wanted to, but another part of me didn't feel I could do. Now, what drove my desire to do it? Various things, myself and, and probably 
if someone's going, but my son's only 12 or my daughter's only 11, I can't, you know, they're not teenagers. I would say any young person, probably from the age of nine onwards, I would go for the gap between nine to 90, should cover most people for the book. But very, very difficult, challenging, dysfunctional childhood myself, where teenage years can be tough, but in a kind of psychologically abusive environment I was in, predominantly uh, because of my stepfather, Mm. I, when I got to my 20s and 30s and got into personal development, boy, was that, did that rescue me in many ways. And so there'd always been a part of me that thought, what tools are out there? What inspiration is there for young people? Plus, on several occasions, I've heard the following quote from a guy who lived in the 1800s um, called Frederick Douglass, who is quote, and he was like a former slave who escaped and ended up becoming an abolitionist and, and quite influential in American politics. And one of his quotes was, it is easier to build stronger children mm. than repair broken people. Mm. And from time to time, that quote kept on reoccurring. And then eventually it was only in November with a bit of persuasion from my publisher who convinced me, we reckon you could do the book. I know you want to, but we actually believe you could do. And I've been mm. absolutely chuffed by the feedback that I've had from people. And why is the cat's paws in there? I'm just trying to make it quirky, engaging, talk about my animals, talk about all kinds of things so that people find it mm. not just a helpful read, but a, a one that causes them to laugh as well at times. I love that. I should have introduced you as Professor Paul McGee. I'm sorry I didn't do that. Yeah, just, and now everyone's going to go, ooh, Professor. Um, let's be clear, I am a visiting professor at the University of Chester. What does that mean? I'm not entirely sure because I don't visit a great deal. But um, it's not that I've put all these academic papers out there, but they bestowed that um, honour, that title on me a year ago. So I'm grateful for it, but I don't use it as a title very often, I have to say. <laughs> I love that. Let's dive into some of the secrets. What are some of the secrets that you want to share today? Well, I mean, there are six secrets in total. And for people who have not come across Sumo before, when my Sumo book came out in 05, aimed at adults, it was literally shut up, move on, was what the acronym stood for. Interestingly, we developed it now, particularly in education, and it now means stop, understand, move on. So if parents and carers are thinking, do I buy a book from the kids that are saying shut up and move on? No, it's stop, understand, move on. And interestingly enough, also, Sumo was a word in Latin, means to choose. Let me give you um, mm. let me give you one of the one of the ones to start with, and that is simply the magic formula. And the magic formula is E plus R equals O, and it's all about the fact that the E stands for event and the O stands for outcome. But the R factor, not the R rating, the R factor is our response to things. And I'm trying to help young people, and I think a lot of adults as well, realise that we have events in our lives. We have challenges at school, problems with parents, problems with our friends and our mates, problems with our teachers. As, but the key thing is, it's not just the event that determines your outcome. It's about how you respond. And one of the points I bring out is that sometimes, definitely done it myself, not just as a teenager, but as an adult, we sometimes our response is to play the BSE card. And the BSE card is blame someone else not take any responsibility. So one of them is about, um, you know, the magic formula, E plus R equals O. Let me share another one. This will give you, I'll use this as a prop. So one of my uh, principles or secrets is called don't forget your beach ball. 
And that's all about how at times we're looking at things. Maybe, you know, our parents looking at things one way, we're looking at them another way. But we don't always appreciate it. So though we're looking at the same thing, we see things differently. Mm. So for both adults and children, I'm trying to say, understand other people's world a bit more. Don't think your perspective is the only perspective there is. But move on and see where other people are coming from. And when you do that, well, guess what? You might just see things a lot more clearly. Mm. So... That's one of my other uh, sumo secrets as well. And can I give you another one? Hippos do it, and so should you. That's all about what are hippos doing mud? They wallow. And I think when we think about uh, World Mental Health Day, which interestingly enough, Ryan, everyone thinks mental health has just become a bit more on the agenda in the last few years. Do you know the first year World Mental Health Day took place was in 1992. Mm. It's only become more prominent recently, but it was actually in 1992. And I've been talking about a lot of things around this for nearly 30 years myself. Hippos wallow. And part of why I want to help young people and adults is realize it's okay to not always feel okay. And in mm. that secret, I help people to understand that, that they will sometimes feel mad, bad, and sad. And I also give them 12 strategies to help themselves when they're in a kind of like difficult, challenging mood. So there's a, a taster of three of the six sumo secrets. Just to pick up on those feelings of mad, bad and sad, you talked in your book around feelings are bruises, not tattoos. What does that mean? I think one, one of the things that can happen is we, we can become a slave to our feelings. Our emotions can hijack us. And if you think about the tragic things that happen in, in, with some teenagers in the, you know, the self-harming and, and, and even going to even worse extremes. What I wanted to help young people understand is this, how you feel today is not less for a truth and how you were always going to feel. And it might be a painful day. It might even be a painful week. But ultimately, over time, you realise it wasn't a tattoo that is permanent, that you're gonna permanently feel this way. You know, um, feelings are a bit like climb, clouds in the sky. Yes, they are real, particularly for in the Northwest of England, you got surrounded by them daily, right? But feelings are a bit like clouds in the sky. They are real, they exist, but they move on and they fade. And I just want people to understand that you may be having a, a tough time, but this is temporary. I say to, to adults when I'm speaking, you know, hippo time is a detour, it's not a destination. So that's what I mean when I talk about it's a, it's a, it's, it's a bruise, not a tattoo. Love that. We are here on a Monday, but why is every day a Tuesday? Okay, that's a great one. And my friend Drew Povey, who's uh, a leadership expert and former um, head teacher as well himself, came up with that concept. Every day is a choose day and it goes back to sumo in latin meaning to choose and so what drew's saying and what i'm saying in my book is we do have some choices to make it goes back to the magic formula yes i've got an event but it's my response how i choose to respond that is going to influence the outcome choices have consequences whether you're a teenager or an adult and that's why every day is a tuesday i love that I love that. You talk in your book around this concept of inner coach, inner critic. Talk to me about that. 
I think, well, I always say besides God, if you believe in God, the most important person you're actually ever going to talk to is yourself. And I think what can happen is, and I think it happens for all of us, is that sense in which we, we can be down on ourselves. It's like got a, in the book, I talk about, you know, having like this big red boxing glove mm. and you beat yourself up, but you're not necessarily just beating yourself up about what you've done. You're beating yourself up about who you are. It's almost like we've got this label of shame that, you know, I am worthless. Mm. I am not good enough. I am stupid. I am thick. I am ugly. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And one of the examples in the book is I've got like, um, you probably you've seen other speakers do this. We've got a crisp £10 note and a screwed up £10 note. And the reality is they're both worth the same value. And I think one of the things I want young people to do, but I think adults need to do it as well, is have kinder, more compassionate, constructive conversations with yourself. Listen, last year in a critic, maybe you need to manage it. Maybe you can never quite shut it up but move on and listen more to your inner coach who's there for your best interest. And well, maybe when you're having a conversation with your coach, you're not talking about your worth and your value as a human being. You're talking about maybe your behavior, you're talking about a performance, but you're not therefore saying you are a bad person, but you may be saying whatever you did then wasn't great and we need to improve. So that's a little bit of a flavor of what I mean by the coach and the critic talking of the red boxing glove the story you tell us about a um, a premier league player talk to us a little bit about that without giving too much because we want to encourage people to go and read it for themselves yeah, but bring sure. us bring to life that story okay and it was interesting because since 2010 on and off i've been involved in working with manchester city football club although actually in lockdown i've done some work with brighton Hove albion football club as well but there was one player who yeah understandably will not be named who was having a one-to-one session with me i was talking about the red box and love that inner critic. And he came out with just an absolute gem, which I, you know, there's loads of stories and examples in the book, but, but he said this to me, he said, if I have a bad game, I will beat myself up for an hour or two. But then I say to myself, just because I had a bad game, doesn't make me a bad player. And I find that incredibly powerful. And I think, you know, if you're a parent listening to this now, if you're like me, There are days when you think I've not handled situations at home as well as I could have done. I've been my own, you know, I've been stressed, I've been stretched and maybe I overreacted. Well, guess what? Just because you had a bad day as a parent doesn't mean you are a bad parent. And I think for children as well, when they've had a a struggle, they've had a difficult day. Yeah. Okay. You had a difficult day. Doesn't mean all of a sudden it's the end of the game. It's the end of the story. It just means today wasn't a great day. Maybe last week wasn't a great week. I've done work in young offenders institutes. In fact, I've worked with the largest young offenders institute in Europe. And one of the things I've said to them is they're only listening to me because they're on, they're about age normally about 17 or 18. And I'm going, look, the likelihood is the majority of you are going to live to be 80. So the first two decades of your life haven't been a great story so far for whatever reason, but you've potentially got another six. So come on, let's make some choices and let's make some changes. I love that. If you are just joining the live stream right now and you would like to get yourself a copy of uh, Yes, The Sumo Secrets to Being Positive, Confident Teenager, do share the stream, comment below that you've shared it and I'll be letting you know if you've won by Friday. So I, um, I, love, I love the work that you do, Paul, and, and I, I, 
I've had the privilege and honor of working with young people too. I've gone into primary schools and they love nothing more than a catchy saying, a catchy phrase. And for me at the local school, the legacy of practice makes progress is one that's ringing around our local area. I just love to uh, talk about some of the sumo sayings. Yeah, I think, well, there's a number of them. I mean, and one, it's not a sumo saying, but it's one that I quote. And, and maybe some people are like, oh, I've heard this so often. But, you know, that the acronym FAIL, um, first attempt in learning, although in my case, sometimes it's a fifth attempt in learning. <laughs> I think that's really helpful. And I think even just the actual titles of the actual um, sumo secrets, the magic formula, um, don't forget your beach ball, hippos do it and so should you. But one of the ones I think is really important, because when I spoke to teachers, especially in parents, they went, we need kids to be more resilient. Uh, and they give up. And, and I don't you know. And to be fair to them, they didn't use that derogatory term snowflakes. But there was this mm -hmm. sense in which kids maybe give up too soon. And so one of my one of my sumo secrets is called making the magic happen. And I give you five sort of like strategies to make the magic happen. And one of the strategies is don't quit too quick. And I think very often people can try something and immediately go, I'm not good at maths. I'm hopeless at sport. I can't do this. I'm stupid. And maybe part of that whole growth mindset is about struggles are okay. You know, no struggle, no story. And so a real key one, I think, for young people is, you know, don't quit too quick. It's so easy to give up rather than keep pressing on. So that'd be one of the main ones which I talk about. Mm. You, You'll have um, to get the book to find out all the others. 100%, 100%. And, that, and that's a very good point. And I think um, there was a question earlier that someone asked, um, can this stuff apply to younger children, say primary school age? Oh, well, the, the main feedback I'm getting, which has been quite interesting, because that was my challenge, wasn't it? Writing a book maybe for teenagers, but, mm. you know, adolescence is starting in some children as young as nine or ten, particularly amongst, amongst girls. And then you're thinking, well, you could have a nine or ten-year-old, maybe an 18-year-old. I got my advisory board together, which included parents, educational psychologists, teachers, head teachers, and a number of young people. And what I found was that the youngest person who read it at the time was aged 11. The, el the eldest teenager was 18. But since the book's come out, we managed to get a few copies of pre-advanced pre uh, copies to people. Is people are saying to me, you know what, five, years five and six, definitely, definitely applicable for them. Because preparing them for the teenage years. Um, I think, and I would say, you could be as young. I mean, one of my friends, he's got a son who's eight. And he said his mum is going through the book with him. Mm -hmm. So I think even if you were seven or eight with some maybe some support from an adult, a parent, a carer, I think you could do it. But the feedback I'm getting from teachers in primary is it's brilliant for years five and six. One head teacher saying this is going to make a great book for when my, my pupils are leaving to go to secondary school and we want to give them a leaving book, a book on mm -hmm. their leaving service. They want to give them the yes book so i hope that answers the question i love that i think um i think there's a lot well this is where parents really come in isn't it it's like once you know better do better and, and how do you know better unless you get the book or you you find something useful and helpful and, and i think i'm listening to um i'm listening to david and goliath at the moment by malcolm gladwell and in that he says you know one of the 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 greatest things about children who go on to take action is their own self-belief. And rather than testing the self-belief of the children, we must assess the adults. And I think 
what that really means is that if we really want to help the next generation be as best as we can, this is equally important for the parents to to, to use too, I think. I, I think what you'll find, Ryan, is the amount of people who have got the book for their children and have started, because as you say, the the I mean, it is brilliantly designed and I can't take any credit for that. And it's brilliantly um, illustrated. And again, I can't take any credit for that. And I think it's just so engaging. And people are so used to, to like, you know, black and white text when they see a book that I'm getting loads of people going, well, I'm going to give it to my grandson, but I just wanted to read through it myself. <laughs> and, and someone described it yesterday as, I think it's a leadership book. It's a life leadership book. And I think there could be a lot of people who, well, well I'm not a teenager, I'm in the 30s and 40s, and it might well be, yeah, well, if you want to go for my previous sumo book, fine. But in some ways, I would say, don't worry about getting this one, just because it's got teenagers on the front in the subtitle, because maybe the way I've communicated it and with all those illustrations have made it really accessible for everyone. It's like if I want to learn more about history, I can get this big, thick textbook, or I can get a book that's aimed at your children called Horrible Histories. Well, I, I actually go for the horrible histories. I find that far more engaging. I like the cartoons. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I, you, you said there's a leadership book and I do hundred percent agree with you because leadership is about, you know, leaving others better than, than when you found them. And I, and I think this is absolutely going to do that. What do you hope the legacy of yes will be? It's a really interesting question. I think ultimately, it's like when I go back to, and the world was very different when I was at school in the 70s and early 80s. But, you know, I learned about, um, you know, the Battle of Hastings at 1066, but I didn't learn how to deal with my own inner conflicts or my conflicts with others. And so part of my legacy is, I don't want this book to, you know, my publisher just contacted me today and say, you know, Wiley is a pretty big brand. And of all their books worldwide, in the last week on Amazon, you know, the Yes book has sold more copies, which is fantastic as a nice start. But the point is, I'm not, I'm not after a flash in the pan here. This, someone posted a video on Facebook uh, at the weekend and said, this is a book for a generation. And, and I, therefore, for me, the legacy is that it keeps on selling, not because I get increased sales and, and royalties, because in fact, we're raising money for the mental health charity Young Minds. But because, you know, I think it was um, Seth Godin who said, you know, write a book that people talk about. And, and that's what I want this book to be. One that people talk about, that parents share with other parents, that they put stuff on social media, that head teachers recommend to other head teachers. So the legacy is partly related to the longevity of it. I don't want to just have a book that in the first month has great sales and then fades away. I want people to be passing it on almost like through the generations. Every time they know someone who's maybe between age nine to, to 90, I'm gonna get them this book, gonna give to them at Christmas, but not just for this Christmas, not just during a, a pandemic, but let's say when the, when the good times are here. And I also, and I know this sounds a little bit heavy, but you know, someone said this and I'd actually thought of it myself, I think part of the legacy, there could be someone who is so low and so down that they're thinking of taking extreme measures and ending it all. And I just hope that in a few years time, there'll be some people walking around on this planet and they'll be going, one of the reasons I'm still here is because I read this quirky book um, by Paul McGee, the sumo guy. That would be amazing for me. But also for people who didn't quit too quick, 
who took some risks, who wanted to make a difference to the planet and to other people, and who felt inspired. So it's not just a book for kids who may be struggling, it's a book for kids who are doing fine, for adults who are doing fine. But you know, you don't have to be ill to get better. And maybe we do need that inspiration, that greater sense of self-belief to aim high and, and to make a difference to this world and realize that actually we can make a difference. I love that. I love that. And um, that's it's powerful. It's very, very, very powerful. I, um, I've previously shared the work of Matthew Saeed and he, he wrote You Are Awesome, a book that my, uh, my son and I have, have really loved to, to go through. And, and I think so much in today's world is this competition and comparison. Do you know what I loved is just the picture of you and Matthew. I think you were in London and, and it just what two great human beings coming together. And I think how, how do you see this sense of um, collaboration over competition? It's, it's an interesting, and I think it comes back to E plus R equals Zo because the event could be Matthew Sayed had a book out, You Are Awesome, done amazing, and then a month before mine's coming out, he has another book out. So is my response to see that as a competitor and, oh my goodness, my book's not going to do so well, or is it a case of here is something else that's going to be a resource for young people? I mean, I say like in relation to my book, you know, you could, you could spend just over £9 and you could have a meal for two, perhaps, at McDonald's and it lasts a lunchtime. Or you buy this book or Matthew Syed's book and it lasts a lifetime. And I do generally think there's, you know, Matthew comes at things from a slightly different angle to me, but it's all inspiring stuff. And it's not like there's thousands of books in this category. Mm. There are more and more because it's been seen as a crucial area. But I don't know Matthew. I was literally visiting my daughter in London. We had a bit of work to do down there as well. And I literally get off the tube station and, and I happened to bump into him and his wife. And I was just absolutely thrilled that he'd never heard of me. had no idea about my book, um, but we've now connected on social media. And I, and I think in, in the charts at the moment, I think one of his books is like number one or number two. And I think when I last looked, um, mine was like number five. You know what? Number one, number five, what really thrills me is the young people who have been contacting me already and their parents saying how much they're getting from the book. Figures in terms of Amazon sales are, they're superficial to a degree. What really thrills me, and I know my wife, when she just knows, she goes, man, you light, you light up when I go, hey, look what I've had. So, someone called Ruby contacted me via Instagram about so-and-so and someone called Milo and, and, she, and she sees how animated I am. I think there is there is enough room in the world for both Matthew Syed's books and mine as well. And I just hope that they make a difference to young people. If they read both of them or just one of them, I hope they make a difference. That's amazing. You have seven questions and I can see them on your wall behind you. Oh, indeed, you yeah. very intentionally changed one of the questions, which is the first one, which is on a scale of one to ten, how important will this be? In, is that right? In six yeah, no, well, well there's, I've rephrased it slightly. So the number one is still the same, um, you know, when I, but I think, I think in the, the book for young people, because normally it's on a scale of one to ten where ten's death, where is it? I think with the young people one, I also say where ten's death or the end of the world. But it's actually question number two. Because when I've been working with adults and we, we, we let people have these postcards, rather than just say, let's be positive, we give them a set of questions that they may find appropriate. 
And for adults, when you say, you know, how important will this be in six months' time? There is this sense in which, oh yeah, I can get that. It's going to be in six months' time. Maybe the world will look very different. For a younger person to try and conceptualise six months is just a rather bit too long a period. So, I mean, I wrestled with how important it would be tomorrow, but it basically said how important it would be in a week's time. Because maybe, what again, young people can think, this is the end of the world. You know, and during, during their teenage years, we need to have a lot of compassion for teenagers because so much is happening in their brain. It's really difficult to, for them to even access the more logical, rational part of the brain, which in the book I visualise as a blue cap and your red cap, you're a more emotional brain. And I think we just need to be, give young people the tools so they don't go, it's the end of the world, it's never going to be done. Okay, how important will it be in a week's time? Let's just think about that. Even when a young person asks themselves that question, or thinks about that question, they actually are accessing their higher brain, which I refer to as your blue cap. So that's the only change to all the seven questions is question number two. And you preempted my question. I, I, yeah, I was very curious as to know why the change in time, but you've, you've described that beautifully. One copy of Yes is already making its way to America as a result of this live stream. So it's my honor and privilege to help you, good sir, make a difference in the world. Thank and you. Just, you know, one last plug, really, if you are a teenager yourself or you are responsible, you're a carer for, go and get this book. It is a fantastic resource. The video I watched on your Facebook yesterday, Paul, of one of your friends describe how mm. he needed this book. I think that's testament to the fact that it isn't just a book for teenagers, but it's a book for all of us. And may it help us be better for our next generation. Yes, the sumo secrets to being positive confident teenager i've got 10 copies here they are for uh, the always better than yesterday community if you share this live if you comment below that you've shared it i will let you know by friday whether one copy will be heading to you paul i know you're a very busy man i know that you've spent many hours in that office of yours doing webinars i'm very very grateful for your time your heart your work and your support that you you, you sent through social and messages to to me personally on on the journey too so um, I definitely encourage people to go and consume this, but also the wonderful works. How many books are you in total? Are you writing your 13th? Is that right? Yeah, this is a, the, the yes is my 12th book. But bizarrely, on the day of launch of my 12th book, I was up rather early <clears throat> working on the 13th, which fortunately I'm co-writing with someone else. And I have to take the whole responsibility for writing that book. That'll come out probably in May next year. And then I might give myself a bit of a break. <laughs> because I would always say, interestingly enough, Ryan, as we're wrapping up, I'm a speaker first and a writer second. And, and I find writing very fulfilling, but it's pretty hard work as well. <laughs> Easier to sort of like just express communication in this way than writing it down. But I know words can change worlds and whether that's spoken or written. And I hope that words change the worlds of some young people, maybe some parents and carers who are watching this live stream and who will go and read the book. That is a beautiful moment to wrap up. Paul McGee, you're a gent. Thank you, kind sir. My pleasure. Thanks, Ryan. There we go. Episode 98 with Paul McGee recorded live on Facebook earlier in the week. If you are listening past Friday, the 16th of October, please do not enter the competition it has closed unfortunately you've missed it but if you uh, are watching this before friday the 16th then please do share it to be in chance with winning 
a copy of Yes. What an amazing human being. What an amazing set of books that Paul has put out into the universe that I have unwavering doubt will absolutely help people, have helped people, and will go on to help even more people. Check out The Sumo Guy. Check out more of his content. And please do share this with one person who you think needs to hear what Paul has had to say in this interview. There's so much that I I love within his work, particularly the beach ball analogy. Um, And I just hope that this lands with you and, and someone who really needs to hear it right now. Much love, guys.